It's not the length podcast. I've just seen a boob or bum. <laughs> Let's sit down, we need to save energy. Because I want to get to this uh, Ben Mondi. Yeah, he's like a journalist. Yeah. Not so happy now, are you, Gilmore? Yeah, does a lot of modeling and stuff. She lived, lived in LA. Welcome to It's Not the Length Podcast. I'm Paul Evans. And I'm Ben Mundy. And we're in Tenerife. Mundy, it's sun is beating down. It's February. We're frizzled grids. We've been in the sun. Surfing a bit. And you've been sent in by the locals. Yeah, I've, I had a, had a bit of a... All I had, as we will find out, yeah, one day, thought I was real on the roost, next day tail between my legs um, we've also had the rest of the shout outs the rest of the Wavelength crew have been in town oh. Wavelength editor Luke Garside the far side he's been here oh, he's been shooting that that little moustache and that camera around his neck Guy Haler as well oh, he's just been surfing but unfortunately we didn't think any of them were really so worthy of coming on the pod but hey they, they well they tried they... we had a bit of a run it just didn't quite make the grade but they've been great on the pulse as ever the Wavelength dudes getting all the, all the uh, surfing news Look forward to the next uh, issue with some amazing photos, some great waves, some good times. What's coming up on the show, Ben? We've got a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of stuff. Oof. Um, I mean, there's a classic, your good bads. We've got all those. Um, there's a chance we've got Jack Robinson. He's just waiting for his call, so Jack Robinson might make a special guest appearance. Let's crack on. It's not the length of the car. Competition on. It's a huge QS. The official start, some say the official start to the season... Don't worry too much about the Volcom Pipe Pro. It's the Last America's Pro in Tenerife. This time it's sponsored by a water company, Cabarera. What have we learnt? Finals tomorrow. We're on the final Saturday of the weekend. What have we, what have we learnt during the week, Ben? I've had, that's been a roller coaster, Paul, I would mm. say, emotionally. I had a bit of a, a good day yesterday. Um, Rob Gunning, who's the um, chief running officer, what's he called? Tour, Tour manager. manager. Big boss, head honcho. Um, he decided in his wisdom to call off the competition yesterday, um, just as it turned on. Five foot, right tide, amazing ways at this left hand has been pumping. I paddled out, grabbed a little high board, paddled out, went down and surfed a little right that's known as Monday's right, nailed a few off that, and came back, paddled out the, um, the left. It was cracking. There was about six guys, like the real good local guys out on the peak. I saw one out there, and I kind of was expecting the normal... Canaries are sort of known for a bit of the tough fire, but these guys, I could tell straight away they were welcoming. I gave a few hoots to, you know, to sort of spread the love. Got a wave. One of the boys called me into it, said, no, you have this one, mate. I was like, whoa. I felt like, I mean, I'm not a Canary Islander, and I never can be because I'm not from here, but I think then I was given all the rights and privileges of a Canary Islander. I was effectively one of the six or seven locals that were calling the shot. Yeah, you even went so far as to say that on the live broadcast, that you yeah. like you're an honorary local. Yeah. Quite a big call, I thought. It reminded a me a bit of when shout. MR, in a way, when there was a tension between the Australians and the free road generation and Rabbit was shouting off his mouth, the Wines really took in MR as one of their own. He was the only one they respected, they liked, and he was a bit of a conduit that could spread the word. I've kind of felt a bit like that. I don't want to overstate it too much. Mm. Decided to go out for the early morning surf this morning on the back of it thinking I'm straight back out there I mean, I'm quite you know, cocksure weren't you like was, swaggering down the yeah, reef yeah, had yeah. a few drinks last a night high five and the boys on the way out did a bit of dancing as down well. the rock platform so I was on the straight on the inside did all that 
sit down in the back there, we'll let a few sets go. Then the set was a go. I was the furthest one out in line. Cool. Got this. Oi. I was like, it's a local's wave. I was like, I, yeah, I know, mate. I'm a local. And I was like, you can't be talking to me. That's fine, man. I turn around and see this quite old dude. Very, very angry. I was like, oh, me? Me? He said, yeah, yeah, this is a local's wave. You go in. You get off here. You, you're too far out. I was like, mate, I was out here yesterday with the boys, mate. How about we take it up with the boys? Because I've, I've been given the green light, you know? I've been given, like, in uh, Australian famous criminal history, Nettie, Nettie Smith was a notorious criminal who was given the green light by the cops. He could just do whatever he wanted. I'd had that. I was like, mate, I'm sweet. Don't worry, I'm just waiting. I'm sweet. And then he sort of paddled over and got quite aggressive. And I uh, said, oh, yeah, I might just go in. And I went in and started uh, hassling with the 13-year-old girls and Rob Gunning to get some two-foot left-handers. So there you go. That was a bit of our swings and roundabouts, Paul. That was something that sort of yeah. shows you, you know. What you've done, What the mistake that you made, sort of classic guy goes on holiday. Sort of, you see it, a lot of people go to Bali. And then like the first day, they're sort of, first time in India, they're sort of shitting themselves and being really cautious and like, it's asking for not to wash the salad and like where if the ice cubes are made of mineral water. And after about day four, they're like walking down the street, just high five and going, yeah, what's up, way Anne? And thinking they're like the hell local. You've done that a little bit, haven't you? You're getting a little bit carried away. Yeah. You were sort of giving shit to the, the guy, the sort of African guy coming around selling the little beads and stuff at dinner. A little bit, a little bit too much of spring in your step, and sometimes it's you know the universe just has a way of just bringing us back down to yeah, size, doesn't it? Roost start one day, feather dust to the next. Anyway, any other key findings, Paul? What have you? Uh, what, what are you going to take home and, and tell the wife? You know, like when the um, the polar ice caps sort of spread during the last last glacial period, and all life tends to sort of concentrated in like a, a few little outcroppings around Indo. Sort of a similar thing happens to the surf scene in Europe winter. It's like the ice extent has reached its maximum. Everyone's posted up here. We went out to signing at the Ripkell shop last night. They had the actual bell from Bell's Beach just going on a little tour. Um, Gilles Darquet, KK as he's known, who's one of the classic loose cannons of French and European surfing. There's a few stories about him I can't really tell on the pod. But um, yeah, he's out doing this little tour. And they're giving away some stuff. People were ringing the actual bell. Uh, we had a couple of beers with some of the boys down there. So a real good gathering of the tribe vibes, Monday. Yeah, except for the rule is about that bell is you've got to win it to ring it. Well, yesterday, I reckon 100 people rung, rung it. And I'm pretty sure none of those have fucking ever won bells. I, mean, I didn't see Shane Dorian there ringing it. What up? This is Shane Dorian. I didn't see Trent Munro. And uh, I kept telling him... <laughs> Ben, um, it's time to have a little sniff around, thumbs up, thumbs down, what's good and bad in the world of shred. Ben, what have you got that's good? Surf posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they used to be good. I don't think they exist much anymore. But there was a recent bit of a, um, a discussion in the surfing world. There was a photo of Pipeline taken by Daniel Russo uh, of Cole Christensen. Um, if you haven't seen it, look it up. It's a pullback shot of Cole, I don't know, like, a, I think a nine, eight-foot board just in the most amazing pipeline tube. Beautiful sunlight over Keener Point, like the sunset. Yeah, sunset there's no servers in the foreground, the background. He looks like he's on, on his own. It's right. really... Photoshop, yeah. It's really weird, like, empty pipeline up. So it's a great photo. The chat was it might have been the greatest photo of all time of pipe. 
And that led to a more discussion from, I think, Shane Dorian. What up? This is Shane Dorian. My mate Shane Dorian said, well, there was one of Chappie Jennings back in the day, which was on his, um, which I had as well, which was a poster on the bedroom wall. And that got me thinking about posters on the bedroom wall. And as a surfer, how they defined a time in your life, often you're teenagers or sort of in your early 20s, where you had this picture on a wall. And how many times do you look at it? 30 times a day? And that was there for five years. And just, it was a real... They take you back to a time in your life when it was surfing was so important that you'd stare at a picture on a wall. And I was thinking with the kids of today... What do kids put on their walls today? Instagram projections. I don't know what they put on their wall. They must do art, like probably cool just art posters or something. Cries for help. Cries, just scratching stuff like in the wall with their blood. I don't know what they do. They don't have surf posters. And surf posters were a massive part of my world growing up. And I just, yeah, I had a bit of a... A fond sort of me- looking back in time. Yeah, I mean, you, wavelengths obviously still going, mate. Two brilliant episodes. Exactly. You, could, you could take images out there, but I mean, you will. I will do. Yeah, you take the paper clip, take the paper clips out the middle, so put them on the wall. Clips, but yeah, what are they called? Yeah, yeah, put them. Yeah, I will. They must. They have posters wavelength. I mean, they should do. I'm I mean, bring them back. Most of the content in there is definitely posterable. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what you need. You just find a shot that you love. You put on your wall. A bit of blue tack. Um, quick Daniel Russo anecdote. Would you like one? For yes, me? yeah, that one. Yeah, back you know, to you. I know Daniel. Yeah, I was on the, I was on the North Shore once, just chatting with Russo after a little surf at um, surf sunset. He was there hanging out with Anastasia, and he was going out with Anastasia Ashley. So uh, stage was there as well, and we were chatting, doing nice chatting, and she was like, "Oh, hey, I really like your shorts. I had these like quite sort of tight." Short shorts on, uh, like a cut off denim sort of vibe, and she's obviously into fashion stuff. Who's that um, North Shore sort of tough guy dude? What was that called? The kind of mad one. Like, also sort of there. And when she said the thing about like my shorts, he like kind of grabbed me from behind, like, and pretended to perform a sort of sex act on me wow. on the bike path on the North Shore. In an aggressive way or a friendly way? Uh, it was like. Uh, <laughs> Borderline. Yeah, I kind of went, ha ha ha, so I went along with it. I didn't really have any other options what was stage doing at this stage she was laughing Russo looks a bit uncomfortable <laughs> slightly uncomfortable yeah and I just vibed it out styled it out I'd like to think then yeah just styled it out so anyway good good story yeah good so story, my yes. good turned into yeah. one of your personal anecdotes yeah. uh, okay that's yeah. cool Paul sure have you got anything uh, pro surfing's back Ben hasn't been away that long but it feels like the void has been quite dark and cold and chilly and the return of the Volcom Pipe Pro uh, well done to Jack Robinson who we might be hearing from later on in the show but it feels good to have competitive surfing back it, we sort of needed it and I just I don't know I, at the end of the year when Pipe was going down Christmas was coming, I was excited about other things, but in January and sort of fair, there's not that much else going on. It's been really welcome, like a sort of warm, something familiar and comforting. And I thought the Vulcan Pipe Pro was a brilliant webcast. I thought Vaughn, Vaughn Deadly was yeah, really good in the boot. Yeah. Huge commentary team, Chris Cote was on there, Sal Masakila. There's loads of them. Kaipo Guerrero, Megan Abubo was in there. Chloe Andino was really good. Dave Wassell was there too. It's not my favourite. I find it a bit irritating. Um, Herbie Fletcher as well, who I thought sort of bucked the trend of, you know, the sort of silver fox. And generally speaking, I mean, he's been, he's been around pipe like you know, half a century. Right, generally speaking, most of those older dudes have got like loads of interesting stuff to say. Especially the Americans, yeah. I was amazed that he t- didn't really have anything. There was the- he offered no insight at all or anything, even vaguely. 
Interesting. But broadly speaking, it's a brilliant webcast. Great event. And I'm stoked surfing's back, Ben. What else have you got that's good? <laughs> uh, we talked, I think we've talked, brought up um, Paul Fisher uh, before he was an ex-WQS professional surfer. Not that good surfer. Well, a very good surfer, but had no competitive success. Uh, became a bit of a... Had his own... Um, fish tails with video he's famous for um, interviewing Kelly Slater with a microphone that was a dildo anyway he was a clown he was always a funny one highly energetic um, and a good surfer but we never knew quite what was going to happen to him he ended up becoming a DJ I thought that's you know he's it. moved to LA all good having a fun life good on your fish making people laugh but then all of a sudden last year he's gone from like just being a DJ to being a mega star DJ like he's on the third bill at Coachella this year he's he got a Grammy he's in the running for a Grammy but he's also in Australia there's a thing called the um, Hot 100 everyone votes on their favourite songs of the year it's a big thing in Australia the 100 songs of the year Fisher got second which is like just massive Uh, and I just thought well you know what it's a good story he's a dick He's never changed his way. Somehow he's risen to the top of the DJ world. Well, what, second in the DJ Well, second in the Australian uh, music world. But one of the uh, things that did make me laugh, underneath a, there was an article about it, I forget where it was, and there was a little comment below the line about Fisher getting in that second place, and the, the quote was, any poll that asks Australians to, to define good music is, by its very nature, worthless. Which is racist, but as an Australian, I can take the piss out of myself. I got a bit of a laugh out of that. And as a final PS, Paul, an adjunct to that, I also read another um, headline in uh, Stab Magazine, which is Cooper Chapman, who was a surfer, Australian surfer, has lost his sponsorship. Well, it's Fisher's wife's brother, right? Exactly. And the headline was, I've lost my sponsors, I'm working as a tradie, and Fisher is marrying my sister. <laughs> that was like the headline. Paul, mm. got anything else that's good? I know that you caught my piece on wavelengthmag.com on the tour, tour changes. Lots of other people did as well. Um, I proposed some, you know, modifications to the tour to make it better. We, we touched on it. I touched on it last time out. Uh, and I know you want, you particularly want to drill down into some of them, Ben. Um, and it was essentially about a playoff style system to work out qualification. But the other, the other thing, the same thing you said in the last podcast. Like the same no, point. well, the other thing that was in the article that you know I hadn't thought of yet, but now I have. Is I've also fixed round one, right? Um, and I'm basically doing away with round two. We don't need to have round two. So if you win the heat, you're through. Brilliant. Right. If you come second, you might go through the top six. Combined six are also going through, and then the other six so is going to be the highest individual score. So, if the waves are really good and it's barreling at pipe or something like that, where you could get a nine or a ten, but then just literally not get another wave, as in you don't make it out of a wave, you'll still get through. If you get a ten or something, you deserve to get through. Broadly speaking, you will do because. But what if the conditions are better, much better in the morning than way in the afternoon? The judges adjust the criteria. They don't. They don't judge the. They don't judge the afternoon according to what happened in the morning at all. That's a massive myth and something I've never understood. They only judge according to what's going on in the heat. Which it's got merit. The premise premise is try and win, try and come second. But just in case you do end up getting third, if you do happen to get one really good wave, you still got a chance of getting through. 
Mm. It's not really about judging it with another heat that you weren't in. It's basically saying, obviously, try and win that one heat. That's how you get through, win the heat. Yeah. I don't believe in giving them another chance. I think once you lose, you should you should go. You well, should why don't you just put the third place just losers? Because I think... I mean, generally, they would do. Because generally speaking, this, the six next highest ways will have been at least in first or second anyway but just in case you do get that thing that sometimes might happen where someone gets a 9 or a 10 but get, then gets a 1 and loses they'll get through it's a brilliant idea Ben yeah, you good. know it it's quite you know it's pride that won't let you admit it no it? I'm not no it is it is, <laughs> it is. confusing it is yeah. real talk it's just pride it's not letting okay. you alright yeah um, yeah, so good, good article and good suggestions from me. And I, I know you love the playoff style for the qualification. Sudden death heats at the Bonsai Pipeline end of the year. Way more exciting than the title race. Two guys in the water. One of them's crying. One of them's doing massive fist pumping. Possibly changed their whole life in just one heat. Great. Yeah, I like it. I Great like idea. it. I like it. My, just again, just to, as a way of. Um, you know, improving your idea, not just to cut it down. You know, I don't want to be contrarian for the sake of it, Paul. But I am a little bit concerned in this situation where um, the top, bottom ten CT surfers surfing against the qualifiers for the to, for the next year. If they all win, mm-hmm. then you're faced with the exact same um, CT roster as you had last year to the next year, which which could point, happen on the QS as it is now. But it doesn't, does it? No, and it wouldn't happen either in this. And if it did, however, my replacement surfers come from the QS. So there's always injuries, there's always retirements and stuff. The replacements are still come from the QS. So whatever happened, there would be new meat regardless. But you say you surf for a year to get into the spot and then it comes down to a single yeah. heat. Brilliant. That's brilliant. At the pipeline. At the I pipeline, think- the world's watching... It's do or die. It's make yes, or, it's I, a, like, I get all that. I like the it's drama. It's make or break. It's a bit, though, isn't it? A year's worth of consistency can be blown away by it. I mean, we had a heat today, me and you, where you, let's be honest, you caught... Well, you didn't catch... You caught a wave. You caught maybe two waves. You missed a lot. Of, and so that was a mm. big build-up. So for all your work, all your effort, all your training you've been done to take me down, you just had a bad half an hour in the surf. Maybe you had a bad 45 minutes. That would be be finished. A year's work down the drain. You know how it feels, Paul. It didn't happen today. Didn't think we were going to make this personal, but... uh, Ben, uh, changing the vibe slightly. What have you got that's... (laughs) Just the other day, I I had a bit of a... uh, Something was online. I forget it was. It was a good clip of some bodyboarders. Um, riding some big slabs. I, I, I don't mind a bit of bodyboarding in big slabs. Like you, used to, you used to be a bodyboarder. Yeah, it was my, that's exactly what I was. I, uh, until I was about 13 or 14, I had a choice. I remember the exact choice, like, do I got a new big board? Because back in the day, um, well, when, where, I, where I was, like, you bought a board, that was it for three years. You didn't get another one. So it was a, it was a big decision. I was, I, was, I was tossing it up. And I went with the Fibo. As we call the fiberglass boards, you ever call them fibos? Never. It's an Australian thing. All the Australian fans will, will know what a fibo is. So I got a fibo. But anyway, still got a bit of a soft spot for the, for the lids when they're charging massive waves. They often find these secret slabs. Anyway, watching it. But then after about the fourth or fifth, um, oh, actually, this is a two part of Paul. Because the Nazare Boogie Board Challenge has been held this week in February. And that was, that was pretty impressive. They were doing like this massive. Launched onto dry sand. It's pretty impressive. Anyway, what I don't like, 
what is bad is when they all suddenly they're doing the all in the tube. They do the look up. They they put their neck back, chin to the uh, sky, and look at the tube up up. I just for some reason does it demonstrate just how very little they're doing physically to achieve a tube exactly. ride? Exactly, it's an easy thing it's to like... do, and so they're trying to make something out of nothing. Yeah, and it's 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 it reeks of tryhardness. It's like you're already lying down and holding on with both hands. So it's already quite pedestrian, in yeah. a way. Yeah, that's that, what it is. Don't I try and like make it look like oh, no chin. Like I'm looking up, like yeah. holding on with both hands. Yeah, I didn't know why I didn't like it, but I think you think you nailed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I said too. Could they stop yeah. doing that? I just like to put out a quote, just a, a call out to all, because there's so many of the bodyball listeners that love this pod. I mean, they're all over it. Yeah, you mentioned that on um, on air yesterday. Not with, that I'm with... recycling material, Paul. Yeah, yeah I did. Uh... Just in case you weren't watching the webcast yesterday, round one of the men's, Ben did mention that, and he did get a threat, some threats on the YouTube channel, some comments from the local bodyball community here in Canary. So I like that you're sticking to your guns there, Ben. And you're re- it's a case of the kind of poacher-turned-gamekeeper, isn't it? <laughs> he used to be a sponge who feels he's got impunity to diss them for looking up... At the Not that I've got anything, anything against the Canary bodyboarding community. Or have I? Because <laughs> I did once yeah. uh, at El Cuomo on an eight-foot day after getting dropped in on, asked the guy, I said, that's a bit dangerous, mate. Can we not, you know, let's all be cool... And eight of um, said boogie boarders surrounded me and started kicking me in the head with their flippers and then sent me in. Mm. Anyway, Paul, you've mm. got anything that is... <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben, you know that like, much of my body of sort of broadcast work has been about the sort of lam- the lament of the older dude. I've gone on record quite a bit um, mm. about the existential crisis of the older dude and what is essentially a young person sport. You know, we've talked about the menopause and, and some of the things it presents. You know, we're, we're in our 40s. We don't mind admitting it. Is what uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, something that's come to my notice is the sort of emotional roller coaster that I tend to go on often now, involved in the days surfing. And, and I'll start out with a sort of... I sort of state my default state of sort of determined sort of disinterest. I'm not thinking about surfing. I'm not, not bothered at all. Just not thinking about it, and I don't care, doing whatever. And then I'll, I'll just happen to sort of glimpse at the sea, or maybe I'm walking the dog, or maybe I'm just driving past, and I'll notice, oh, it's, a, it's actually offshore. Like, I hadn't really thought about it. It's offshore, it's like, yeah, it's clean, it's sun's out, blue. Oh, and I'm like, it's two foot. And I'll sort of almost get into kind of a panic and start thinking about this left, there might be this left, you know? It's like, fuck that left, that, that left. Something about that left that might be on. And like it's sort of semi sort of frenzy. So I've gone from like I really don't care to like all everything's cancelled. Like all my plans are off. Yeah, like, muscle memory kicks in. Was I picking up the kids? I don't know. I just I'm not cares. not doing it now. And I'll like you know, move heaven. That wavelength article. Yeah. Let's we'll save that for later. I'll move heaven and earth. I'll jump in the borer uh, TDI and um, boards in and I'll tear over to Senyos or whatever. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm behind it. Slow and elderly people in the car. Maybe I'm revving a bit. I'm like, get out of the way, yeah. Yeah. Then anyway, I'm in the lineup. I'm on that left. Some sort of slight against me occurs. You know, someone's going to like some young person paddle or old paddle up the inside. I'll be like, I hate surfing. Why did I come here? I knew I shouldn't have come. I should have, you know, done that work or picked up the kids or whatever I was doing. Like, why? 
why am I such an idiot? Like, you know, I hate France. I just kind of like, really, like the pendulum like, really swings the other way. Anyway, I get it done. I come back in. I'm in the car park. It's a nice day. Even it's winter, it's a nice day. It's warm. Maybe there's a little bit, bit of a boob or a bit of a bum. You know, man or woman. It's just a body. You see something in the car park and, it, and you go, ooh, ooh. And, you know, it goes Tuesday. I've just seen a boob or bum <laughs> or whatever you like. And you go, I'm, I'm living my best life. This is brilliant. I'm living the best life there is. And I'm, like, stoked again. You know, I'm like, yes, this is amazing. Like, everyone else sitting in their offices, you know, working for the man or whatever it is. And I'm like, yes, I am killing it. And I'm just, at the end of that, I'm just knackered, Ben. I'm, like, emotionally <laughs> fraught and distraught. I'm worn out. I've gone through, like, every emotion there is through my surfing life. Forget about the physical exertions of being an older dude in the line, but just the emotional sort of thing that I have to deal with. And it's hard, Ben. It's tough. I will just... It, it is tough for you. It's just, very difficult just, for you. I just counter that because I'm a solutions kind of guy rather than the problems kind of guy. And the older dude can give himself those little treats that can just help him through the day and or life uh, to maybe offset things like that. Or just in general to give yourself a little advantage. And one is obviously like a sit-down wee, which, you know, all right, it's just, yeah, everyone knows about the sit-down wee. But a little sit-down wee to save energy. But I tell you what, if you, the other one, which is brilliant, is reverse the car up the drive rather than drive up the drive. So when you come back from wherever, just reverse up. Little, little future tricks. So that next time you get in, you just feel a little bit like Batman. You just get in and just drive off. And you're just like, yes. And if on any day, particularly if you're going to reserve, you've had a sit-down wee and you've driven up the drive forwards, you just think like, I'm winning at life, Ben. I'm winning at life. Although that last three-minute monologue would, would indicate something potentially very different. I'm on fire, just driven down the drive, facing forward. You're sort of boob in a car park and you're sitting down to wee and you're carrying those as successes in your life. Ben, what else have you got? Let's... Well, you know what? It's kind of on the same kind of motif. And I've been watching a, thing, a few things recently and kind of older surfers, like ex-pros mostly, and I, I think I'm going to mention any names, but watching their slide in performance, I watch a lot of surfing, but then I also name, see names, these guys... Name some names. But still, the vanity to still put it up, it's, it's just to stop that sort of stuff. I feel stuff. like you kind of need to start naming names, really, to add a little bit of... Come on, mate. You know who they are. They're, they're all out there. They're all... Anyone... I think anyone over 45 that's posting themselves surfing. Shane Basham? He's one of the better actors. Gurr's right, pretty good at it. I mean, yeah. they still surf good. Don't get me wrong, but you still see the, the decline. Why do you? Want, you don't need to broadcast that decline. <laughs> Paul. Mm. Any more? Yeah. Any more for any more? Yeah. The ice back in Munich. I think I've seen about enough of the ice back then. Recently, I tuned into Dylan Gray's Weird Ways, which it's probably the best thing in surfing at the moment. It's a brilliant... I agree. It's a brilliant show. Great. Great series. Really well done. Dylan's cool as. The whole thing's well made. I feel like he's tarnished his legacy a bit with the ice backs. I mean, shout out to Queerin Relido, who I know is a massive fan of the show. He was a star of that. I mean, how could you diss this thing with Queerin? Got his... Shout out to Queerin, but... I feel I like... Think, I didn't know Queerin surfed that good. He'd, he'd probably agree with me. I feel like the ice pack has been quite comprehensively covered. 
Quirk's not really like new anymore. Even the the idea of calling it a weird wave it isn't quirky. When they're in Montana or wherever they were, that was weird waves. But the ice isn't done like I mean to Souza, to Mick and Joel. It's a and, weird like, wave in that it's created its own massive culture around it. That's yeah, why it's interesting. I, it might be just me, but I'm just like Germans doing chop hops next to a concrete wall isn't Stoke o'clock for Evans. It's not. It really isn't. And I don't know. Like, the bit about when they all... Everything they ever ask, like, they go, what? There's look, there's locals here. <laughs> how, and does that, the, how does the line work? It's in everything. I, and I once... I was on a work at a, as a jury for a film festival. I sat through a documentary. It's basically about, like, the localism on the ice back. And, like, there's that one really weird guy that they're all talking about... And they, like, found him living somewhere in the Alps and, like, like he was, like, the Johnny boy of the ice back or whatever. And, like, I mean, I'd like to point out I was doing my jury service as, as a voluntary... That was unpaid work. It was, like, a voluntary capacity. I sat through this. And I just think I've sort of seen enough of the ice back. Like, I don't really like Munich that much as a city. don't really like anything that particularly that stands for. And I've had enough of the... Frickin' iceback standing wave, and if I see another German dude on a fatum surfboard doing an horrible chop hot thing next to a little concrete wall, I'll be disappointed. It's not the length podcast. Fresh after winning the Vulcan Pipe Pro, we are talking to the one and only Jack Robinson. Jack, you might remember as a twelve-year-old kid who took the world by storm. Pint-sized freak surfing, massive North Point, big box, and Nalu. Over the intervening years, he's sort of made himself a name as one of the best slab hunters in the game. Huge chopu, incredible pipeline, you name it, Jacko's all over it. But he's serious. He wants to get on the CT, just fresh from a win at the Vulcan Pipe Pro. And, of course, the first person he speaks to is his good old mate, Mundy. Hello, Jack. You've won the Vulcan Pro, you I think you might be number one on the number one on the QS. You're in Hawaii. You got a new Brazilian model girlfriend. But my question is, <laughs> my question is to you, mate. Are you happy? <laughs> yes, I. I got. I got. I got to be happy. I got. Got to. Yeah, of course. Of course, always. Uh, yeah, I'm always. I'm always happy. It's. Uh, yeah, I'm in a in a good place. Just there was a lot going on the last year or so. So um, yeah, just with. If everything is figuring things out, so uh, but yeah, grow with it. So what you do when you're 20, don't you? I suppose you work out. You think you know it all. I remember I thought I knew everything at 18. Obviously, I know less now. But as you grow up, you you work shit out, don't you? I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And my dad always told me, I "Can't think you know everything." So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Though. You just gotta, yeah, got to take it for what it is, you know. Trevor's life advice. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, no, he's 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 cool. He's he's always been supportive of me. Yeah, he, he's always he was always there from the start. So sure, it's mate. Just, it's good support. Parents are always good support. You wouldn't be done in the contest shirt otherwise, I suppose. But CT that that's that's where that's where you're always been headed. Yeah, that that was always the the, uh, the goal in the first place. Also, being like a good free surfer as well it's always cool getting crazy clips and stuff but obviously the tour that's where I want to be because I'm always surfing against those guys 
yeah, I, I see myself there. What do you like at the um, the training and the competitive drills and all that type of stuff that people forget about? But yeah, I never get. I, I, that's one thing I never get bored with is the is surfing and what all goes into it, preparation with everything, I, and the training and everything. I never get never get bored of it because you can't if you want to keep getting better. You in Hawaii just got this kind of like you, you just sell at home there. But what's what's Hawaii kind of mean to you right right now? Um. It's huge. It's like a second home. Um, I know so many people here, and they're all supportive. It's um, yeah, it's 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 amazing to have that because uh, a lot of I, I see a lot of guys, you know, that come over here, and maybe they're not as close with a lot of the Hawaiians and a lot of the people who live here. But I'm really good friends with a lot of crew, and uh, yeah, it's probably why I always had a good uh, good time here and a good time surfing is probably because of that. So. Yeah, but but it's it's huge. I, I'd say it's like the second home. What's the plan? You're in Hawaii for a little while, or where do you where do you go uh, after this? It's, this was the longest time I've ever been here. I think this was this was almost four months. I uh, I had to go to Japan, go go over there for three days because my visa ran out, and then I came back, and then uh, and then I stayed for the shootout. I'd never done that before. I was meant to do it a couple of years ago, so then I stayed during that all of January and. And then through the Volcom, and then I go to Brazil in three days for the next QS down there, and then straight over to Oz for the two six stars there. All right, so you you got to kind of put you back into full QS warrior mode, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I sort of. It was good fun doing the Volcom and stuff, but yeah, it's uh, all still continues because I got a lot of events to come. It's only just the start. I always. I had a good time surfing smaller waves and doing big airs and stuff back home. It's probably just because we got so many barrels. That's why we're always shooting and getting crazy waves like at home and people see all clips of barrels. But then we go and do airs and stuff. We have a lot of a lot of airs too and a lot of good places to... It's like short but really like intense. You just got to... Yeah, it's... Uh, so I can, I can do it in smaller waves too. It's just... Getting the boards dialed and the boards are really good, so I'm really happy. Like I couldn't be in a in a better in better shape. Not overcomplicating a lot of things too. That's probably half the battle with it. Because before in some heats I would overcomplicate it, and then it just nothing would go to plan. This last like for a couple of years there, it was sort of like I would I would speak to a few other crew when we were all at the events and see what they were seeing. But then and I still do kind of keep. Uh, like you know, if someone, if someone, one of my friends sees something that I don't, I'll take it in and, and go out and use it. But I just haven't been overcomplicating it too much, and I think just going out there and keeping it simple and trying to get go after the best wave and surfing the best I can is, is what I've been doing lately, and uh, seems to be yeah, it seems seems to just be keeping it simple. And then I surf my best and been making making heats so. Who are you getting your boards off? Do you get a variety of different boards? Who who are you working with mainly on your, your boards? I was getting a few off Mayhem for a while, but I've always been on Eric's Arakawa's forever. Like, uh, but now, yeah, pretty much just just on Eric's. Nice. So uh, I just just ride Eric's, and they've been going really good. I work really close with him, so he's great. And um, I said on your Instagram feed, mate, when you're hiking up these hills, and you seem to have a new. Partner in crime and your girlfriend—is that um? How's that? How's that affected the the wild Robinson? 
Yeah. Uh, no, it's great. She's super supportive. Julia's Julia's great. She's a she does a lot of modeling and stuff. She lived lived in LA before, so she comes with me on a lot of the trips. When because uh, my dad's busy at home and stuff, just doing keeping keeping things uh, organized there. So when like I'm going to Brazil with her, going to uh, going to, I can't, I'm in Hawaii with her. Keeps an eye on me. <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> With eating well and training good, it's just uh, it just keeps the motivation alive. It's um, yeah, super support. It's just all support. It's really good. All right, mate. It's I know you got shoots to do, and I don't want you to get caught up in a Waikiki uh, hailstorm. But um. Oh no, worries. no, it's it's sunny here today. We just came down to um, we got this hotel for free, so they wanted a few shots or whatever. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I got to pack up, go back up to the North Shore. I got about. 20 boards to pack up before we go into Brazil, so I'm just figuring all that out. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe it's gone so quick. I had four months here, and I'm always got the last two days now. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's cool. Thanks for your time, as ever. Yeah, I'll check in when you win the next QS and follow the path to CT domination, hopefully. Get a dog up, yeah. Yeah, sure. Ben, one of the most controversial and most popular parts of the show, Sacred Cow. We nominate people from the surf world who possibly get a little bit too much love than they really merit. And we discuss their various worth and decide whether they're going to be slaughtered in the abattoir. They're going to meet the mercy lever on the de-hiding rod. Or the skinning table, or whether they're going to be put out to pasture and eat that sweet green, green, green grass. What have you got this month? Well, I think the lever, the mercy rod, is going into, and it's controversial, but I think I've had enough of Stephanie Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, I know, Paul. Seven times world champion. Came back last year after a... Uh, uh, a long time layoff to get that important seventh win, equaling Lane Beachley's record. She's known for a sunny disposition, happy Gilmore, her ever-present smile, and let's face it, she surfs pretty good. All reasons why she's sort of been enamoured with the surf world, but you know what? I think I've had enough. What's your beef for Gilmore? I just, it's just, she just keeps doing the same thing. She's been, she's won seven world titles. Yes, that just means she's been competing for about 12 years against the same 10 people. There's only 15 girls on tour, only of which three can legitimately win the world title. She's effectively, for 15 years, or whatever it is, been surfing against three surfers. Yes, she's got success. Sure, she can do more with her life. She talks about her guitar playing, getting up and playing with Jimmy Buffett on one afternoon. Is that really a music career, or is she just quite good at playing guitar like your mates do at parties? Can she... She's supposed to be a photographer. We'll go out and do some really important reporting. Do something different. Make a real difference, Steph. Not just win a lot of heat. I don't think that is good enough in the modern age. I think she's better than that, and she hasn't really achieved it. Mm. What about the sort of high line, the forehand sort of high line, kind of little jivey thing? We've seen that a few times, haven't we? The tuck, yes. tuck leg in and go, ooh, I'm doing a high line. It's an 8.5 for a high line. Yeah, Mikey she, February. Oh, it's just, you know what, yeah, like, you never see a must... She doesn't like how to do an aerial. I mean, she's the world's best surfer. She's like 27. 
she's pretty young. She should be busting out massive airs. I just think there's, she's been stuck at a certain level, and sure, it's aesthetically pleasing-ish, but there's no progression. There's no change. There's no just a bit of something surprising, and I think she's just stuck in this rut, and I've, I've kind of had enough of it, Paul. Mm, what do you think about some of the ways she's been catching um, Jaws and Mavericks and Nazare? Yeah, 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 exactly, Paul. Uh, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen a cartwheeling down ship sterns on a ledge. Yeah, so it's just, again, she could go into that realm. She could push that realm. She could push even the free selfie realm. She could push the travel, the music, the photography. But she's just stuck with Jake Patterson doing heat drills. I mean, I just think that there's more, there's got to be more to it than that. And for that reason, I'm advocating a quick, not even painless, a quick, painful trip to the abattoirs, let someone else come in and take up that valuable, valuable real estate in the surfing sphere, Paul, because I've had enough. Mm, okay, well, wow, quite surprised you've gone in on Steph there. Arguably the greatest woman surfer of all time. The, as far as the extracurricular activities go, I'd actually encourage less of that. I, I think we've seen too much of her playing guitar and stuff. Surf part, mm, she's not my favourite woman surfer in the world. I think possibly death in the slaughterhouse might be slightly harsh. But there we go. Um, I'm not going to oppose you, though, Ben. I'm not <laughs> going to oppose you. I'm just, re- I'm... We're in rare agreement on this point. Well, I'm just going to abstain, actually. Right. I'm just going to abstain. Which means she goes. She's in the abattoir. Ah. So happy now, are you, Gilmore? Ah. All right, that's going to wrap things up for episode two of It's Not The Length. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you normally get your podcasts. Leave us a review on iTunes. Tell a friend. If you want to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at Wavelength Mag. Send us a hit on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks to Tenerife Locals. Thanks to Jack Robbo. And most of all, thanks to you lot for tuning in. See you next time. (laughs) 